big thing that happened with Audacity recently that's pissing people off that has to do with them selling information to the government or whatnot. To where uh, if you actively like do something that's against the law, they will uh, they have the ability to send that to the uh, your government now. Oh, and geez. people lost their fucking minds about it. And so people are telling me that I should try uh, a free program called uh, Reaper. Mm. Apparently that's supposed to be a, a pretty cool program. There is a paid version, but the free version apparently just rocks too. So I'm hoping to look into that. Yes, it might work. Although, like, who's recording their illegal activities via Audacity? Wait, who's recording what now? Who, like, who's recording their, uh, like, illegal activities via Audacity? Is like, isn't that the only uh, way they yes. can find out? Audio journal number 13. The cocaine runs have been going great today. <laughs> Start. I only did three lines on new record. Normally it's seven. <laughs> I only had to shoot. 13 trespassers that fell into my location over in Southern California, uh, just in case the, you know, California Highway Patrol wishes to find me. I'm near the outskirts of LA. Look for the bricked down warehouse. It's Thank audacity, you, Audacity. Don't at me. Yeah, that's when Audacity, like, turns red. Also, uh, since we're just goofing off and flowing around, hi, my name is Tyler. I'm also known as Two Times Tyler. That is Hockey. His yes, name hello. is Taylor. Neither of us are really hosting right now. We're just kind of fucking and dicking around. This is basically the equivalent of a side quest. But, uh, you know, it, it's been a hot and busy day. It's July 4th as of right now. So, you know. Oh, shit, uh, is it? Yeah, so the Americans are celebrating. Uh, Barbering Violinist, a.k.a. Thomas, is currently three hours away celebrating something. We have no idea if we're actually going to do a main show. And honestly... I didn't get to do any D&D this week at all, and I, I just needed somebody, somebody that can relate. I I missed you, Hockey. Oh, yes. I I, I missed D&D now that I've like gotten hooked on it. Like, ugh, I need my fix. I know, right? Like, uh, usually at least one of the three, like, I, I'm on three fucking D&D things right now. <laughs> I have the Wednesday game, a Saturday game, and a Sunday game. Uh, Wednesday one IDM you play, uh, Saturday one I play, and uh, LR Warrior, aka Nick Hill, uh, one of the previous members or owners, uh, he's the dungeon master for that one. And then on Sunday, it was Brandon playing DM, like kind of like uh, keeping time between the campaign I run. But as of next weekend, I will be full fledged. You better give me money level DMing, and Ooh. it's it's going to be good, man. I They're sitting at level 14 last I noticed. It, each time they win a fight, they're like, so, we're uh, we're level 17, right? I'm like, wait, no, you're <laughs> you're level... What level are you guys? 15, I'm pretty sure. I thought you were 14. No, no I'm pretty sure we're 16, 20. <laughs> They'll just fuck with me. <laughs> oh, no, I guess it's kind of hard to level up when you're higher up. Or I guess it really depends how the DM does leveling up. I know uh, the first person I was a player for, like in a long-standing something that wasn't a one-shot, uh, Glenn, uh, Houston, Razith, or whatever you want to know him as, uh, he did it by uh, experience. And the problem was he didn't want to keep track of the experience. Oh, I can't man. blame him. It's annoying. Uh, and... That means one of the players, in this case Brandon, had to keep track of the, the experience. 
and it was just it was mind-boggling because i never knew how close we were to leveling up and when i did like you're like oh yeah we're 400 xp from hitting level five I start looking around like Johnny and the Sharks down, down, down dark alleys <laughs> looking for rogue guards that might be giving us the you know an evil eye. I'm like, oh man, I'm close to leveling up. You better fucking watch out. <laughs> but I, I never cared for that kind of system. I always liked milestones. When you do something big and you complete a big challenge, I think you should get rewarded for it. Yeah, I feel like if you do it that way, it stops you just going to murder sprees. True. For XP. I mean, some... Dungeon Masters will give you XP for, like, good role-playing and all that stuff. But it's like, hey, I'm going to give you 150 XP for that great session of talking. And it's like, well, shit, if we did a fight, we would have gotten 750. Ah, it means we have to do five more sessions of peaceful talking or murder hobo. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think the milestone works a lot better. You kind of, I think you feel like you earned it if it's like that. It's... It's weird because I've learned the hard way that as you're getting higher and higher in the levels, you gotta make sure to either pace it out or make sure that your story and enemies pace with them. Hmm. Uh, I think for my campaign, the one I was talking about that they're at level 14, between level 6 and 10, I started kind of handing it to them like candy a lot faster than when they were first getting it, you know? Yeah. Uh, And as a result, suddenly they're at level 10 and I only, you know, they're only progressing into the part of the campaign that I have scaled to like level 8. And then they start raffle stomping it. But then they start raffle stomping every fucking enemy so much that they're like, this looks like a level 11 kind of situation, doesn't it? Dungeon Master, you look great today. Man, I, you know, (laughs) I was thinking about naming my child after you, but you know, level 11 might push that over, you know? Maybe just the middle name. But yeah, I... I need to learn how to pace that, and also I need to learn how to pace of fighting. Right now, they are, it's a bizarre situation. They're currently in, like, the equivalent of a fortress, and they're fighting enemy after enemy. And once you have run out of spell slots and all that stuff, stuff gets kind of dicey, and it's like, I want them to take a break, I want them to flee or hide or do something, but they just want to murder shit. (laughs) And who am I to stop them, you know? So, do you... Sorry, go ahead. You, no, uh, well, you played a druid for those few sessions that we did. Mm. How are you feeling about the druid so far? Do you want to keep pushing with that, or was there something else in mind that you had? I'm, I'm liking the druid. Um, I think I'm pretty sure I want to stick with them only, like, because I haven't fully experienced what they have to offer still. You know, I'm only That's on the very true. first level wild shape, so I haven't even gotten to second and third level wild shapes yet. Right. I think the other thing that stinks is because we had so much time between, you know, our previous session and hopefully our next session, it feels like getting to that next level is a fucking slug and it stinks. I, I think once we get started, once we push into like the first actual session of Curse of Strahd, you guys are going to have a good time and have a little bit more leeway in how you want to handle things. And the cool stuff is, yeah, go ahead. So from, like, from what I understand, like, the Curse, Curse of Strahd, it's got that big main story, but there's, like, a bunch of sub-ones as well. Is that, oh, yeah. Am I correct in that? I mean, if you think about it, in, uh, like, a main storyline, and I'm going to compare this uh, to, let's say, Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Curse of Strahd and Breath of the Wild actually have some weird parallels going on here, <laughs> but 
in Breath of the Wild, you know that the main quest is to defeat Ganon and release uh, Princess Zelda so she can really fuck up Ganon, because I'm not going to say he saves the princess, because fuck that. But you can technically, if you want to, try to do the same thing with, uh, you know, finding the final boss of uh, Curse of Strahd. I wouldn't recommend it, uh, because you're going to be going up uh, someone that has a few notches in, you know, his or her belt, his, but because of that, even though that the, you know, the storyline is going to keep him definitely on the edge of your memory every single time you do something around the place, there's going to be a lot of shit there that he might have tainted, but they're on their own devices, essentially. Yeah. There are going to be plenty of different areas that each time you see something that looks kind of, you know, even remotely conspicuous, doesn't mean it's like, you know, final bad guy's evil bathroom hut or something like that. And it's like, <laughs> no, that could just be a bad person doing bad things over there. Who who knows? Yeah, I feel like um, within the campaign, there's probably a lot of opportunities to do something milestone worthy before even getting to the big bad. Oh, yeah, for sure. The part I'm still really worried about is whether or not you guys are capable of... Uh, I'm trying to think of what the proper term is. There is a word for it. It's slipping my tongue. Diplomacy. Diplomacy. I I wonder if you guys are capable of diplomacy. So far, you have displayed none (laughs) at all. (laughs) It's either been friendly, neutral, or just full-on erase them from all history. Like, you'll kill a person, go to the local schools, strip out any history about them, and they're gone forever. <laughs> I love it. To, and to, I hate it. To be fair, to be fair, that uh, the fight we yeah. did in the cave with the dwarves, <laughs> like, nitty and I was like, I was saying that we shouldn't kill them, but I was outnumbered. I lost the majority. It's funny you should say that. In the campaign that I run on Sundays, there is another person that plays the druid in the party. Uh, the only lady in the group as well. And... There, she has a bit of compassion, and they were fighting what is called the Dryad. Uh, it's a spirit from the trees, essentially. Oh, and yeah, as yeah, a druid, dryad, yeah. you can sense that there's uh, a connection there. It's clear that this Dryad was corrupted in some shape or form. She, this Dryad was not doing it out of, like, you know, animosity or anything like that. But, even though she kept saying, hey, we, we, sh- we should not just flat out kill her, let's do stuff. I, you know, the Dryad did something, you know, maybe scuffed the skirt off of uh, the monk or something like that, accidentally stubbed, uh, you know, a paladin's toe, and they all just looked at each other like, yeah, no, this bitch needs to die. Like, you're going to, like, <laughs> and she got knocked out, her character did, before she could, like, intervene, and they just flat out just murder this Dryad. And I'm sitting there like, man, well, I got a quarter page of dialogue in case you guys managed to, you know, make peace with her in some shape or form, or managed to maybe, like, less restoration. But murdering her, I guess, would also give you XP, so... Happy birthday! <laughs> so, I, I feel you. It didn't help that Brandon also intentionally just announced that he was gonna start the fight, and he was gonna go and murder people. Uh, that, that was rough. <laughs> it's okay, I mean, I'm sure we will get to that point where we can actually talk our way out of things i hope so because right now and this has only been one time technically two the first time when you guys fought in the bar you know they're clearly enraged there's no like uh 
working or reasoning with them. The dwarf thing, you could have came out on top with some of them still alive, except, you know, one did survive, but they jumped into the Cursed River, and Lord knows what happened to that sucker. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be times where you come out on top, but if you try to go full murder hobo with certain people that are punching way above your belt line, for example, a bad guy, you know, from the end of the game visiting early, and you're like, you know what? This guy talks shit to me, and he does this weird laugh. Ha! 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 I'm gonna murder him right now. Uh, just so you know, uh, he uh, share, uh, Captain Mars is not gonna be the final boss of uh, of Curse of Strahd. Uh, he, he just appears there. It's like, you open the door, and all of a sudden, you hear a laugh. It's like, oh no. Oh gosh. Watch, he, he has, like, this uh, moment of redemption after he's been cured of his madness from uh, what you guys did at the end, that one shot. And he just, it's like, I feel fully redeemed. I I need to go on an adventure. I was thinking of Barovia. I'm coming with you. Ha 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 ha. I feel like somebody would throw him off the boat. I won't say any <laughs> names, Thomas, but... Yeah, who needs Curse of Strike when you got Curse of Mars? <laughs> Uh, Curse of Annoying Glass. It's it's funny because Vivi said at one point that he was a bit insecure about his laugh. And yet he's ready to flat up murder an NPC that had initially as lawful good. Wanted to murder him because his laugh was just too rough for him. Too obnoxious. <laughs> and I had to convert it for the sake of story as he was turning into a you know lawful neutral evil as he you know started to want to kill stuff so he so, was never meant to be evil he wasn't no he might have like later been corrupted by the water uh in testing or something but i didn't get that far <laughs> you guys just pushed this you know sweet piece of meat and i turned into a beautiful steak i was like okay if, you know if you have to like, honestly, if you guys wanted to interrogate a door and you try to make enough rolls against it, I'll turn it into a fucking mimic if I have to. Oh. <laughs> oh the nice thing man. about being a dungeon master is you can plan as much as you want. You will never know what a player will do. And the fun part is, if you can improvise, it's funny as hell. <laughs> I I love improvising. I think we've had some good... I think we had some good moments during the the one shot we were doing. Yeah, like what? Um, let's see. Uh, me drowning a whole bar full of people. That was great. That that was great. Create or destroy water. You chose to create. Uh, uh, you did destroy the mood of the the entire tavern, but <laughs> you did great. I liked that when you guys. Uh, and this this shocked me. This this was like I had to reevaluate the alignment of these characters. I, one of my favorite parts was when you guys decided that you were going to loot that farmhouse. And then at the end, you started to make the farm owner cry by giving some of his own gold (laughs) that was meant for the dentist work for his daughter. (laughs) Chaotic, definitely not lawful in any sense. Funny as fuck. I don't even think it was the full amount like we took either. We just gave him some of it. Oh, no, you guys took, like, between 20 and 25, and I think you gave him a total of 5 gold or something like that. I think that's, like, my my magic number. I'm sure I always pay 5 gold. Yeah, you... you <laughs> who needs persuasion when you got 5 gold in your pocket? <laughs> Look, uh, for certain dock workers, like, a, a month of pay is, like, 5 silver, half a gold. So if you're gonna just give somebody 5-6 months worth of wages in one go, 
yeah, they're going to be friendly with you. Like, <laughs> you see somebody on the dock and you toss them five gold, say, hey, can you help me out? You don't have to kill them. You don't have to die. Just stop them. Yeah, they'll drop the, sh you know, they'll drop what they're fucking doing and go in if you're persuasive enough. DC five, you know. <laughs> and we've made like two different people cry now because of giving them money. The, who have you made cry? The farm owner and was it the tavern keep? Yeah, because um, I, I think I, I paid for the damages, but I paid more than he. I think he was asked for one gold, and I was like, "Now take five gold." And yeah, you, you not only offered to pay for you know the repairs to the place, you basically sat him for a few months when he's been struggling with uh, trying to get everybody to actually want to come in for food instead of just you know grabbing cheap beer and being on their way. I, I'm pretty sure you also got the attention of his orc wife, who was like this beef mama version of Gordon Ramsay, apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just I do what I do. It, it works. <laughs> I, I create havoc, then fix it with money, apparently. <laughs> Sounds like me in real life. Sad face. <laughs> People say uh, that I... This is a personal problem I do recognize. Uh, I often try to help people fix their problems and feel like a good friend in doing so by simply trying to pay for things to make their life easy. Uh, I realized that I did it just today. My sister had a small house fire recently and uh when she was putting it out she woke up to the fire uh and she tried putting it out by taking a blanket and smothering it with her bare hands uh she burnt her hand terribly so it, mm. it's bad it, it still is and you know i'm offering her like hey what, what can i do do you do you need anything it's, i'm telling her it's like i'll buy anything you need if you need you know drugs legal drugs not so legal drugs you know whatever you want i will and she's like tyler i i've i haven't had to ask you for money for you know almost a year now i'm good but i, I really appreciate you looking out for me and i realize she's right i'm so used to either people asking me for money or i give them money to help fix the problem as my version of trying to be a friend that i often forget there's a lot more that you need to help people than just you know, throw mm. moolah at them. It's it helps. Oh. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's kind of like, it just becomes your default. I feel like it, it could be, like, it could be a good trait, but then it also could be pretty toxic. <laughs> it's probably to yourself. Yes, yes, it can be. Uh, because after a while, it seems like the only time they want to come with you with a problem, like, sometimes people just need either advice or they just want to vent. They just want you to listen. And if all you want to do is, besides you know, listening or giving an ear or anything, and you just want to throw a couple of bucks at them to you know, fix their problems and have them go away, they, they don't like that. I mean, that's fucked up. Uh, and the only time where they're going to come at you is if they're like, oh no, my electronic device number three broke, and I'm in quite a pickle, Tyler. I don't know what to do. I keep looking at this one link I'm going to share to you on Amazon, but... I just don't have the money. I think I'm just going to have to sell myself on the streets. And it's like, I've never had anybody actually come up with that problem with me. Uh, and if that was the case, I would say never sell yourself on the streets. That's what OnlyFans is for. Keep it digital. <laughs> sell yourself on the web. It's safer. Hell yeah, brother. Safer. The only, like, you don't need to worry about viruses. You got AVG. <laughs> the only viruses you need to worry about are the computer ones. Hell yeah.
Virtual syphilis. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, goddamn viruses. This reminds me of an anime I was watching. Yeah, what anime? Um, the Cells at Work is... Ooh, like, I've like, heard of that one. It's How good. is it? It's basically, like, edutainment. It's like a anime style of the inner workings of your body and like all the cells and yeah. stuff are like they have their own kind of human kind of persona and, and it's basically every episode focuses on a different kind of thing uh you got one that's about scrapes i think it's some about cancer and all that kind of stuff and it just teaches you things and uh it's yeah it's pretty entertaining i'm trying to think there was a anime that i like you said uh Education, I you know, was the term. Um, uh, edutainment. Edutainment. Thank you. There was a anime that I watched, and uh, please uh, don't judge me, but there there was an anime that I watched that was uh, very educational about the use of weaponry, uh, particularly guns. Uh, where it, instead of guns, at least initially, it was. Uh, Anime girls. Yeah. Uh, anime girls would uh, f- have the characteristics of the the gun or whatnot, and then they would explain like what kind of guns uh, you know they are, the calibers and all that stuff, the benefits. Uh, how often they would jam and all that stuff, and you know it would be basically anime girls. Uh, they'd be like, "Hi, I'm an uh, you know M16. <laughs> I'm so American," and then they would turn into a gun, and the person would shoot with it and all that stuff. And then, you know, I think there was, like, a short girl that turned into, like, a P90 or something like that. And I hope... I don't know why I I, I haven't thought about that damn anime in such a, uh, a long time. Uh, girl turns into guns anime. How about that? Uh, ten anime characters that turn into weapons. Oh, boy. I, 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 oh. Ah, it's called Upate. Upate. Uh, U-P-O-T-T-E. Uh, double exclamation point. U-P-O-T-T-E? Yep. And, uh, it is such a bizarre <laughs> anime. Another one that reminds me of something like that is, uh, Hitalia. Hitalia is, uh, a web series, you might have heard of it, where mm. each country is represented by a person, and it's, uh, stereotypes, I guess, in this case. Although there is some history where, you know, Germany might fare not fare so well with uh, England. And England, are, you know, does not care for America at all due to their previous history with each other. But, yeah. you know, they do their best. Uh, <laughs> I've seen it on um, oh boy. Funimation. I think I've seen clips from it as well. Like the dub version. I think it, apparently it's pretty funny. I mean, I don't... Most of them are an average of like two to five minutes long. So it might have not been a clip. It might have been a fucking episode at that point. But <laughs> yeah, probably. Ah, oh, it's good. It's uh, good stuff. I, oh, just, I love Italy. Pasta. <laughs> Is it like really, food. really bad stereotypes? Uh, I mean, Italy focuses on pasta and surrendering. So <laughs> France He's is a- probably not better. I believe Italia is supposed to be a pun, a Japanese pun between Italy and useless. Uh, so, you know, it, it has a lot of focus on uh, World War II aspects. And uh, it, uh, Italy is often seen with Germany, who is trying to take care of Italy, despite the fact that he provides absolutely nothing to the table. <laughs> and there, there's other stereotypes where uh, Ukraine 
uh, it, which is a female character with very large oil drums, if you know what I mean, is constantly trying to get it on with Russia back in the day. But Russia, the you know the character that plays Russia is terrified of her. Uh, doesn't know what he's getting into at that point. But Russia is always like whenever he's he's near like France or Germany or England or whatnot, his character is often like silent and demeaning with a creepy smile. They, you know, like. You're right. It is super stereotypical where Russia, you know, this big, very intimidating country. <laughs> it might actually, yeah, it might have to take a wash, a, wa- a wash, a watch <laughs> to see what it's like. I mean, I think like 45 minutes to an hour will get you through most of them. It, you might get a kick out of it. On, yeah, I'm definitely going to try it then. I mean, yeah, I could probably just binge it in one day. Easy peasy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Super easy. Speaking of uh, binging, and one day I watched uh, this week a uh, TV series called uh, Invincible. Oh, I've heard of that one. Over the on Robert An- Kirkman one. I have no idea who was in it. All I know is that it's on Amazon Prime, and it's eight episodes, and it's really, really fucking good. <laughs> I had no, like the only thing I knew was the fucking memes that came out, and apparently. Almost every single meme came comes out of the very last episode. So I'm saying, like, where the fuck are all the memes? I'm looking for the memes. You know, where's the beef or where's the memes? And they're all in episode eight. So I got a kick out of that. But it starts off pretty damn good. Like, it, it looks like your average day coming of age, uh, you know, superheroes is going to be doing, you know, some cool stuff. Learning to grow up as the equivalent of Superman. Yeah. And all of a sudden, at the end of the first session, they just, you know, they drop a bomb. Shocker. Oh, you know, they, 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 like, very first episode, drop a giant bomb, chaos is going to happen, and it leads the entire story. And uh, some people do give other people shit for this, and I like to apologize. When somebody tells you that there is going to be uh, a twist or something like that, you know, near a certain section, that in and of itself is technically a spoiler. So that's my mm. bad. But the first episode, the entire thing, and especially the ending of it, wonderful. Holy fucking shit. I'm pretty sure, um, I mean, I haven't seen it yet, but I know quite a bit of the stuff that happens. Um with like the guy's dad and stuff so i guess it's not um you can't really spoil me because i kind of know the gist of it already just from Still, it, memes and stuff it's awesome the i was kind of like put off with the way the animation the drawing of the characters started off with it's a really minimalistic design but i also enjoyed uh the likes of shira uh, Shira is also very minimalistically drawn with a, a little bit of animation here and there. And in fact, if you told me they were the same team, I, I wouldn't be shocked at all. Uh, <laughs> which uh, which Shira? Um, like the Princesses of Power one on Netflix or the older yes. Shira? No, uh, the uh, Princesses of Power. Uh, mm. Like they don't really focus that much on the use of shading and the like. So it's uh, very often a lot of flat coloring. Which, you know, might make it cheaper and easier to produce, but people notice, you know? Uh, but at the same time, they did such a good job with handling certain things. There's a lot of animation and special effects that they did that shows, you know, hey, if they want to pack a punch, they can. They just, yeah. they're like Shikamaru. They they don't want to go all <laughs> out unless they absolutely have to, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, speaking of the animation, the, um, the, mm-hmm. the He-Man show coming out. 
Same animator as Castlevania. Really? Yeah. Holy shit, I didn't even know about that. Are they gonna, like... How are they gonna tie in He-Man with She-Ra? Is there gonna be anything like that, do we know? Um, or is it just I gonna be, like, a, a redo? I don't know if it's connected to, um... The Princesses of Power. Um... I'm not, I know, all I know is that Kevin Smith's doing it. Uh, really? Yeah. Um, it, that's a thing? Like, mm-hmm. that's legal? Kevin huh. Smith doing the He-Man show. Uh, I'm not sure. I think it's going to focus a lot on uh, one of the uh, female characters as well. I just can't remember what her name is. Is there a character called like, okay. Talia I- or something? Or Terra. Talia? I think it's Terra. I don't know. I'm trying to remember. Tara? I'm trying to remember who it is. I gotta search it up now. I can't. Oh, I need to remember what okay. the show is called. I'm guessing it's called He Man, but you know this is. Uh, uh, there's Tila. Oh, Ma- Tila. That was the character. So Tila. Yeah, Masters of the okay. Universe Revelation. That's what it's called. Hmm. It's uh It's looking. It's, oh, Mark Hamill's playing Skeletor. <laughs> nice. The- you know, it's funny, the only knowledge I have about He-Man is from that fucking song, the meme song. Oh, hey, no. yay! Yeah, uh, He-Man's hit single. Uh, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I don't know much. <laughs> it's a bit before my time, I think, He-Man. I, I'm I pretty sure it was before my time, too. I think that was <laughs> in, like, early to mid-80s, so... I, I, I want to, you know, strike from the record, I'm not that fucking old. Like, those. <laughs> The people that enjoyed He-Man was probably somebody that was like a teenager when it came mm. out, you know, like ten years older than me. All I know is that it's like Prince Adam, and I think he gets power from the sword and becomes He-Man by the that's power all, of Grayskull. That's all I know about it. But I mean, if it's animated by the Castlevania people, it might be worth a watch. Oh. If they go like they do in Castlevania, a hundred percent. Like, I'll, back in the day, a lot of these cartoon shows ended by kind of like reasoning each other out or you know giving up and all that stuff. Castlevania giving up isn't really like the option. Like, <laughs> they follow the rules of Castlevania as you guys follow in D anD. D. You see an enemy, we need to see entrails. You know, otherwise, how do you know they're gonna give up? Oh, it's and it's so brutal in Castlevania. I love it's it. It's so fucking brutal. I I loved every fucking minute of it. My favorite character in that latest season, uh, Varney. Oh, his voice acting work was so fucking good, and the way they played things out. Mwah. But I just love this asshole vampire character going. I'm Varney. How the <laughs> fuck could you hear about me? And everybody's like, yeah, we heard about you. You're, you. You smell like ass all the time. Apparently, uh, you make the garlic uh, prune itself. <laughs> uh, God, I fucking love Castlevania. That show has some great I, voice actors. I've been so hooked on Castlevania, I've been watching a Let's Play of uh, a Castlevania game. And, you know, shocker, there's quite a few to choose from. Mm. Uh, the first Castlevania game I've seen play, because I've never played... I played this one... But I think it was like one of those situations where I bought it used, had a save file on it that was already, you know, beat the game, and I'd use it to explore the castle with all the power-ups and all that. Uh, I beat, and I say this in quotations with that little asterisk, uh, Castlevania Circle of the Moon for the Game Boy Advance. Uh, 
I'm currently watching a playthrough of that one, expecting some cool story and all that. Uh, Castlevania isn't exactly, uh, you know, meant for its storytelling, apparently. It's like 99%, uh, you know, going through, uh, you know, oh, it's a castle, you know, Metroidvania. Yeah. Shocker! Where you just run around and kill shit, and when you bump into somebody you're probably gonna fight, you might get, like, three, four lines, but that's about fucking it. It's... I I really want to play some. I've seen some bundles. I can't remember if it was on PlayStation Store or the Switch Store that has a bunch of the old games in them that you can just buy. So mm. I'm considering getting them because I haven't played like some really old games like that before, except maybe Metroid. I s- I still remember when people got excited when the person that had uh, I believe he was the creator of Castlevania. Uh, Castlevania, and he went to do a Kickstarter to make, uh, I believe it was called Bloodstained. Uh, Bloodstained, uh, one of the games was Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. Uh, it was a spiritual successor, which, uh, Koji Igarashi, which, uh, the person, you know, in charge of the original Castlevania, Mm. split off, asked for a bunch of money, and made this game. And it looks like it is actually gonna be out on, well, it is out. So it came out in 2014. Oh, damn. Nope. Sorry, 2019. Oh, okay. It was released on all the consoles and PC and then on mobile in 20. Sorry, I, I believe it. Uh, after he left uh, Konami in 2014, he started getting requests to make a, uh, a similar game style to that of uh, Symphony of the Night. Which I believe Symphony of the Night is considered like the best Castlevania, usually uh, with a lot of. Uh, like majority of the vote people mm. really love that fucking game i watched giant bomb play it and you can still watch a uh, a good playthrough of it on uh, giant bombs uh premium if you're a premium member but oh I, like i never really took to uh castlevania games like this and it's so weird that like since castlevania uh the series on netflix is like 50 50 talky and then uh you know 50 talk 50 do <laughs> uh there's good storyline, and there's a lot of, you know, crazy fucking action, but that's just not how Castlevania is in their games. It's, like, 1% talky, and like I said, uh, 99% running around and murdering shit. I guess that's how a lot of those games work, though. I think it's the same with Metroid, the older ones, at least. True. Metroid, there's very little talking. It's like, if you want stuff to read, you you can scan stuff, but, you know, normal samus is usually by herself in the middle of this very dark world uh with the wildlife that just wants to kill or eat her and occasionally a bunch of pirates uh, led by ridley the fuck her up but <laughs> yeah you're right it, it, honestly wanting a storyline to read in a castlevania game is like trying to get voice lines from doom guys you know <laughs> doom guy has one thing he wants to do it's to kill you know and destroy and be that overpowered barbarian in a uh, D&D world where, you know, devils uh, tried to take over the planet. Oh, good old Doom guy. I good only, old Doom guy. I only, like, I think I learned last year that uh, Doom guy and uh, BJ Blazkowicz from uh, Wolfenstein actually related. Wait, that's a thing? Yeah, that's canon, apparently. They're relatives. Ah. Obviously, Doom well, guy's a little bit down the family line. Right, right. Uh, did you hear about the, uh, the whole thing where EA is most likely going to be bringing back, uh, Dead Space? Yeah, I think you, um, mentioned it 
I know you mentioned it at some point. Um, right. I, I think I dropped it. it as like a bomb on like the very, very fucking end of the mm. episode, just casually. I, I I'm, I'm up for it. I've only completed three, and I've been playing through one. Um, I, <laughs> I'm probably taking a while because I'm really shit with horror games. <laughs> Especially Dead Space, because it's a lot more difficult than I expected. It's There's a lot to unpack about Dead Space, especially with the development of it. When it was first made in the like the very first game, the company, the developing company that made it, Redwood Games, uh, did a great job. By far, you know, one of the scariest uh, games that came out, I think, in like 2007. But uh, EA did not care for it at all uh, because it didn't make that much money. It made good money. It sold like 1.3 million copies around the time, yeah, which is a lot for us. But you know, for EA, who has Sims and FIFA and all that shit in their pocket. Actually, I think, yeah, you know, Sims is uh, EA. I was thinking it was Ubisoft. All right, maybe it is. I don't fucking remember. Who the fuck cares? FIFA. Yeah, yeah what's up? <laughs> is Sims EA or is it Ubisoft? I know it's on the Origin Store, and I can't remember who has the Origin Store. Uh, publisher, Electronic Arts. Okay, so oh maybe, yeah, uh, it's on EA Access. I should have realized. So you know, they got pissed off, and they're like, "Hey, we need you to make more money with the next game," and they completely ripped out their actual name, uh, Redwood Studios, and renamed them Visceral Games. And so they told them, you can't make a horror game anymore. You gotta make it more action And that's why the second and third one, it's a lot less spooky and a lot more of a, like a, a shooter, undead, alien-type situation. Yeah. And they did good. They made their money back plus some, but it wasn't exponential. Then Dead Space 3 happened, and they told them, like, hey... We need to have playability, and we want interactivity. I want you to make this game co-op, no matter what. And so they forced the company to make, you know, fucking uh, a co-op game, which, by the way, was a great choice in my opinion, because I got to play with people who would never in a fucking millionaires <laughs> uh, ever touch a game. Uh, Nick, Brandon, Nick Hill, my wife, my fucking wife, I got her to play Dead Space 3, and they weren't they still weren't happy because they weren't making buku bucks with this and every single time they kept talking down visceral or redwood about this and they gave them the axe mm. they you know they wanted them to start working on a star wars game at the time but apparently they weren't really believing that uh visceral games was going to do a great job with uh, star wars which it made sense at the time because they were trying to make a Star Wars game that was without Jedis. It was more like the Han Solo side of things. And it was going to have the Star Wars universe, but there wasn't going to be anything recognizable. And so, you know, with Fallen Order on, you know, basically being their competitor in development at the time, he is like, yeah, no, fam, we don't <laughs> want your fucking Han Solo shit. No Chewbacca, no way, you're done for. And they got cut. They stopped existing as a company. You know, I think I heard about that Star Wars game. Think. It, I think there was some footage realistically, for it as well. I don't think it was going to be, you know, the, you know, the big thing like Fallen Order. Whew, that was, that was like cat's meow level shit. That was mwah, chef's kiss. And I, I'm sure whatever they were going to do would have been good. It might have been great. I mean, my opinion of Dead Space is very high. And so when EA has made it very clear that Dead Space does not sell the amount of copies that they want and they cut a company down 
after just being dissatisfied with them having only mild success. Not doing bad, not bombing, only having mild success. I was fucking, like, thrown off when they were like, yeah, we're, we're probably gonna bring back Dead Space 4, maybe? And they, you know, they're kind of, like, doing winky faces over on Twitter and shit. EA, uh, I don't think EA's that good. I mean, they make good shit, but they're pretty, they're pretty, like, shit people, I think. It, they were voted two years in a row. I believe it was 2013, 2014. The worst company in America. Like, we're talking, like, against mortgage companies, banks, places that fucked people over. Number one, Electronic Arts. Like, that's, like, two years in a fucking row, too. Like, <laughs> you gotta work hard to secure that spot, and they still managed to fucking do it. Well, it's... They, AI is too money-hungry. They are. They're And it's bizarre because, you know, they're one of the biggest companies, you know, in, as a video game publisher and all that stuff. And I understand that they have stockholders that they need to make happy, but it's like they need to make, you know, 50% more money than what they have, you know, over the course of a year. And they just, they need dry cows to produce milk. And it's like they can make normal milk. We can get like 10% growth. It's, you know, nice and steady. Nintendo does fucking 10, 20% growth. No, we mm. need fucking 50 or you're gone. We need just bang hits or you're done for. And so, I'm kind of scared for the company that they grabbed to do uh, Dead Space 4. Because uh, last I knew, they were in a similar situ situation as other companies that were uh, going to be... Basically, they had dream projects they wanted to throw together. There was an argument about it in development. They got word to EA, and EA just shut it down. Beheaded the project right there. Uh, the company is called Motive. Never heard of them. Uh, and there's probably a reason for that. Motive isn't exactly a huge company. Uh, I can list you off two games that they played, or made, had a hand in. Uh, in 2017, they worked with DICE and Criterion Games to help make Star Wars Battlefront 2. That's a big name. They mm -hmm. weren't the you know head of the bill. And on their own work, they made uh, a game called Star Wars Squadron, which came out on PC, Xbox Four, or Xbox One, and PS Four. And I you know, know people that one. Have, like we've heard of that one before. Uh, they made a couple of Star Wars games. Sounds kind of familiar, though. If you don't, you know, if you understand what I'm saying, Visceral Games had its uh, official execution trying to make a Star Wars game, <laughs> and now this other company that happened to have certain people. Uh, that are also a part of Dead Space, if I understand correctly, long ago. Like, when Visceral Games got, sorry for the pun, eviscerated, I do believe a few people got a chance to stay with EA, and the rest, like, half the team got booted, essentially. Yeah. And I, I believe some of these people might have came back to Motive Studios, and it's just bizarre knowing that they have a chance, potentially, to make Dead Space 4. They were trying to make a, a game called uh, Gaia. And, uh, you know, Gaia got in the way of Battlefront 2. They got to win, you know, in front of uh, this other Star Wars game that EA needed to make money off of. And so, as I'm telling you all of this stuff, there is another game that I want to tell you about. And it's called The Calypso Protocol. Have you heard of this game before? Does not sound familiar. Coming out in 2022. So it's not out yet. Uh, I'm going to tell you something. And you. You tell me if this sounds kind of weird. Okay. 
The Calypsal Protocol is an upcoming third-person survival horror game scheduled for release in 2022. Hmm. Survival mm. horror, third-person. The game is being developed by Striking Distance Studios, founded by Glenn Schofield, who had previously co-created the Dead Space series. Okay. This okay. motherfucker that got the axe from EA made his own company, or is the head of a company, and is making his own fucking Dead Space game. Like a, a big old middle finger of the EA. <laughs> and to make this shit a little bit more crazier, they're teaming up with, uh, I believe it's the company that is working with uh, everything that's going on with uh, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, Crafton. Uh-huh. And yeah. because of that, Crafton uh, wanted to find a way to tie it in the Player's Unknown Battleground. This Dead Space spiritual successor apparently is supposed to be in the Player Unknown's Battlegrounds like meta reality. Oh, <laughs> like okay. this is some Fortnite level shit. I, I could get behind that. So it, it's just it's bizarre because not many people know about Callista Protocol. The fact that, you know, the people that made Dead Space is making that. Meanwhile, the company that, you know, kicked them out is trying to make their own version. It's almost like a Story of Seasons uh, versus uh, Harvest Moon kind of situation. It's mm, really, yeah. really bizarre. So I, I'm I'm really curious to see how that turns out. I'm kind of cheering for the Callisto Protocol because honestly, EA can suck my nuts and then some. Yeah. <laughs> uh... It'd be interesting if they both get released around the same time. Oh my gosh, wouldn't that be fucking great? I would like oh, to see shit. which one beats the other. You know, if that, like, if they announce that they're within, like, three weeks of each other or something like that, you know the fucking meme lords and, uh, you know, shadow edge lords of the, the internet will come together to do their damn best. And the sad part is, even if they blast EA to the ground... EA doesn't lose. They lose money, but it's not the company that's going to lose. It's it's fucking Motive, the company that's working for EA that's making Dead Space 4. Yeah. Potentially. <laughs> allegedly. So, it's really a lose-lose situation, but you're right. I would love to see that. Yeah, because like, like, at least for the Dead Space fans, what would you rather get? A Dead Space made by the company that destroyed the company? Or a Dead Space made by the person that actually made Dead Space? And wants to make the Dead Space that they believed in, no less, which was the first Dead Space, you know, this great horror game. A lot of people got pissed off with Dead Space 2 because it was a less, lot less spooky and a lot more focused on action. And even though I personally love Dead Space 3, so many people, like, shit on Dead Space 3. Like, they say it's terrible, it's awful, it's mediocre at best, and it's like, Hot guys, you know, chill the fuck out. I was able to make my own gun, and I loved it. <laughs> I I did enjoy um three. I think mainly because I could play with someone, and I like horror games that have that co-op element. Right, like Resident Evil Five. That shit mm, was great. Yeah, Resident. I Evil mean, 5 don't get me wrong. Good. If I had to compare the two, Dead Space Three blows Resident Evil Five out of the water when it comes to like co-op play. Unless you really like hearing Shava, 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 Chris, 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 <laughs> and it's like. Great. But no, uh, Carver and uh, Isaac Clark, great combination. I love them. But yeah, basically, I just wanted to say fuck you, EA. I always say that. Uh, <laughs> like, honestly, if I had to pick between saying a compliment to EA and having to play near, uh, you know, Automata, I'll happily say fuck you, EA, every day. 
Because I don't... Well, <laughs> I mean, I guess I, I'd want to do both, technically. But fuck EA. Like, seriously, you're going to pull... Like, it it's upsets me, personally, on two different levels. It causes some dissonance, hockey. I don't want to boo people to get excited for this Dead Space game. But at the same time, it's like... No, fuck the company that made this. Like, seriously. And EA's just been getting worse. And you can see it in their games... With uh, all the microtransaction stuff that happened with Battlefield for Battlefront 2. And then uh, you can see it in Sims 4, how it's definitely content wise a lot smaller than Sims 3, just so they could release more expansions. Like so many fucking DLC packs, dude. Like for yeah. real. It, it's, it's weird thinking oof. that EA was the like one of the founding fathers of DLC and microtransactions, dude. It's it's so crazy. Uh, and, and then you have all the stuff for the sports games, which is just like microtransaction, like heaven. What? You mean like FIFA? Yeah. With their fucking trading card loot box system? Mm hmm. Got the, the, the um, NB2K as well. I'm pretty sure it's. Yeah, same uh, company, yeah. It's just. Oh, it's. And they know people will buy them. If it's an asshole game, there's a good chance it's probably either owned by EA or Activision. So you got a 50 50 <laughs> shot. It's like, okay, companies that made stuff shit by doing loot boxes. And it's like, uh, yeah, FIFA. And my, my first thought, you know, Fortnite, okay, Epic has that. Fuck you, Epic, but you're, you're okay. You're on thin ice, though. I'm keeping an eye on you. And it's like, Overwatch, Blizzard. Blizzard's owned by da -da -da -da. Activision. The bastards. I'd, I'd be okay with loot boxes if they took away the option to get doubles. Like, you're always guaranteed that to would, get a new thing. That would be pretty cool. But There's been a that. lot of people getting pissed off in World of Warcraft because they'll do, like, hard missions they can only do once a week. And they'll get two of the same useless thing. Like, you can only use this item once. And it's like getting two of the same mounts that they don't oh. even want. They don't even want the first mount, but they got two. So it's like insult to injury at that point. It's like, why the fuck would you give me this one item that I already have? And he gave me a second one for my quest reward instead of an upgrade to my gear. Mm. And, you know, Blizzard's like, oh, you better save <laughs> for another week, shouldn't ya? <laughs> oh, no, I'm so bad with the MMOs of collecting stuff. I want to get everything that you can possibly get. Me too, get. man. Oh, my God. I used to live my life in World of Warcraft doing what I would call a transmog run, where you just go through every fucking dungeon, like, you know, you blow through them, you can kill them one shot by yourself and all that. <laughs> just to find cool gear from way back in the day and make your character look, you know, sick as fuck. Yeah. I I, I used to play, a, I think it was a werewolf warrior that had uh, pauldrons that was like uh, grinding gears and molten magma pouring through it and stuff like that. And just uh, little stupid shit like that was just so satisfying to have, man. Uh, I... I think, because I, I re well, not recently, it's last year, I um, started doing uh, Final Fantasy online. I've just, I've got, I've got a bad trying to collect everything. It is so fucking huge. Same with Elder Scrolls Online as well. I'm just trying to get Wait, every single mount possible. You play possible. both of them? Yep. Unashamedly. I, I didn't know this. Don't be ashamed. <laughs> I mean, addiction's a real thing, so, you know, I can sympathize with that, but... Honestly, like, I hardly hear anybody talking about Elder Scrolls Online. It's usually, like, an offhanded topic. Like, I you guys are, like, it. unicorns at this point. Elder Scrolls, I mean, 
it's great. The expansions have been releasing. I love. I mean, who doesn't want to play like Skyrim with friends? It's good. Yep. I mean, there's a mod yep. for it now. You can do Skyrim with friends, but I mean, True. it's just it's just fun. <laughs> but I just yes, I spend mon- too much money on it. That's also a problem. I mean, oh, I've hockey! Calmed, I've calmed down now. Um, are, are, are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> well, at least. Oh wait, no. I'm probably gonna spend more because I just released a new expansion, or the new expansion is coming out really soon. <laughs> I keep avoiding, like, uh, World of Warcraft or uh, Warcraft Classic. Like, I got my kid that's going to be born in three weeks, and there's no way I'm going to have time to play World of Warcraft. I need to keep the fuck away from it. I got PlayStation 5 now. I got other games I can be playing. I don't need to be playing MMO, man. That shit's scary. <laughs> like, it'll just suck you in, and you just won't be able to escape. Right. The nice part is they suck you off first, so you feel real fucking good, but then they <laughs> really suck you in. Like, you ever stick your dick into quicksand? Might be pleasant <laughs> at first, but once you're waist deep, you're like, wait a minute. You gotta spend how much to try to get a WoW token? Oh, no. <laughs> MMO is just... They're dangerous. They're dangerous if you don't know what you're doing. I have been listening to an audiobook. Uh, quite a few of them. Uh... Two of them are from the same person. Uh, let me look up his name before I like slaughter it. He's a popular uh, video game journalist. Uh, game journalist. Uh, I forgot his fucking name. Wait, I can just type in the name of the book. Haha. Oh no, don't look at all my porn preferences. <laughs> uh, his name is Jason Schreier. Uh, very big, like, he's one of the biggest names of video game journalism, like, when he digs, he goes in deep, he was the person that exposed all the bullshit that was happening in League of Legends, uh, and the development team, and the bro culture that was behind it that caused a lot of females to feel pushed out, Mm. but, uh, one of the books I read, uh, Press Reset, uh, talked about, uh, a person by the name of Kurt Schilling. I'm not sure if that name sounds familiar or not. Probably not, because you're Australian. (laughs) A very famous Red Sox baseball player. And uh, when he retired, he decided that he was going to take his $115 million that he made as a a very famous pitcher and wanted to make what he called a wow killer. Oh, dear. I'm not sure if you know this, but anytime somebody tried to make a wow killer in the 2000s, well, they don't exist anymore, typically. Like, yeah, no offense, still around. <laughs> right. The only thing that's going to kill WoW at this, uh, you know, at this point is fucking Blizzard. You know, so it's like, <laughs> what what can you really do? But you know, this guy, this pitcher who has not a single ounce of video game knowledge of any sort, but loved playing computer games, thought that the power of fucking money would give him a WoW killing MMO game that he could build using all that money. And I'll give you a spoiler alert. It did not happen. <laughs> uh, it, it It's an incredible story. It, if you ever want to look it up, it's called 38 Studios, made by Kurt Schilling. Uh, and if you ever want to hear the story in full, uh, press reset. Press reset. Uh, it's on Audible, too, if you want to listen to. Uh, yeah, but uh, it, it's a tragic tale. I don't think, uh, like, you you either have to be big, smart, or ruthless, or probably a combination of the three, to make a long-lasting MMO. 
especially one that's profitable at this point because there's been a lot of uh you know mmos out there that would be out there but they just can't make money anymore and they have to shut it down over time uh, i'm pretty sure there was one out there for like the matrix or something like that that they end up having to shut down i think it was lord of the rings as well hmm. um there's a star wars one if i remember I know somebody was trying to make a Star Wars MMO, but it got crapped down fairly quickly. I'm trying to remember who. Uh, it was some tragic story. You know, 2000s. Like, video game companies, like, especially the publishers, are fucking monsters out there. The more I've realized. Like, we shit on EA, and it's like, we're absolutely right as, you know, consumers to shit on EA for the way they do shit. Oh, man, there's so many wasted opportunities with MMOs. There's so many kind of MMOs I'd like to see, but it's just they just can't happen. Oh, so, the st- stop searing us into sadness and all that stuff. Hockey, what is your favorite fruit? Fruit, blueberries. Don't even need to think about R- it. Really, blueberries. Now, do you like the actual fruit blueberries, or do you like blueberry blueberry like flavor? Yes. Okay. I like if you both. Have the pick, I like we- both. If you had to pick between blueberries and your favorite blueberry-flavored food item, which one would you go for? Blueberries. Really? Yes. Ma- that makes me happy. Look at you. Blue. Oh, I'm addicted to blueberries. They're so good. I just like getting just a whole pack of them from like a grocery store and just eating them like uh, on my way yeah. home. Do they grow blueberries locally in Australia? Um, not sure. I'm pretty sure they probably do. Um, but I'm I not mean, certain. Let's be realistic. I'm like 80% sure that America doesn't make their own blueberries. They probably get it from South America. So if I were to take a guess, Australia might get the same supply from the same area. But <laughs> I, I mean, what the checked. fuck do I know? I know we have uh, like bananas and stuff. I think we have pineapple as well. My favorite fruit, it used to be uh, bananas for sure. But i grown a fondness for pineapples. They're just... So fucking tangy. I love pineapples. I love, like, honestly, if I could just bite into a pineapple, I would do it. Don't ever do that, by the way. It's not a great idea. <laughs> but if you could. Uh, so, what, I don't know what's the research yield? Um, apparently, there's, the main place blueberries are grown in Australia is, like, just an hour or two away from me. Really? Yeah. Huh. And I was wrong. Uh, blueberry bushes can grow all over the U.S., and farmers in 26 states produce blueberries commercially. I feel like so, a lot of berries are pretty easy to grow locally. Apparently, they're yeah, that makes sense. 98% of uh, the U.S. Uh, population of blueberries are grown in 10 states. One of them is Michigan, where I live. So, the more you fucking know. I'm a blueberry state. Oh, wait, What? I'm a blueberry state. I don't, uh, I don't. There might be. If there's a euphemism for that, I'm not aware of it. So please, you know, you political nah. fuckfaces out there. Like, I, I thought you oh, said he's blue and a berry. I thought you said blueberry steak, and I was like, what is that? Ooh, now we're talking <laughs> hockey. The combination. I, I, could, I, could, I could see that um, working because I'm pretty sure I've seen like meat dishes with berries using them. I think I'd be down for a blueberry waffle, but I think people would shit on it because of uh it sounds a little too close to blue waffle and uh, (laughs) i think people would be too scared away from it but a blueberry waffle now we're cooking oh that would be so that that makes me hungry the blueberry dessert oh nah i I mean i just i ate before we started thank god oh so you're hungry (laughs) 
<laughs> I, I mean, I'm hungry, but I, I shouldn't eat anything. I gotta, like, keep in regulation now and not just eat whenever I'm, like, hungry. Hell yeah, brother. Welcome to the fucking club, my man. It, it's working. I've lost some weight, so I'm happy. I'm glad. Not that I'm I know glad. how much. I just, I can, like, I can tell. <laughs> can Don't worry. It. Me neither. There's uh, a couple of things I've learned that uh, has been helping me quite a bit. People suggest that instead of taking small naps, uh, it's better to go for a, a small walk because it will actually give you more energy than the nap, typically. The only thing is, napping is so much easier, especially with this heat. Like, <laughs> yeah. but, but thankfully, the nice thing is uh, with my job, since I get out and I make a delivery by walking inside my trailer and you know hauling out pieces of metal and all that stuff, it wakes me up during my job, so back in the day when I was doing over the road, once I hit that 10th hour and it's the middle of the night and I'm on a straight road, things get kind of dangerous, you know? You start to be like, oh, shit, what's going yeah. on here? Why is there two roads? <laughs> you start getting cross-eyed and shit. I'm not even kidding either. Like the, the sh you, Sometimes you're not even tired, but highway, hypno highway hypnosis hits you so fucking hard that no matter what you do, no matter how, you know... Cold air, smoking, vaping, biting the inside of your cheek, drinking water. Uh, I haven't tried Coke yet, so if somebody wants to let me know. Uh, I'm still on Audacity, by the way. Please don't sue me, Audacity, or report me to the feds. Uh, it's a dangerous thing. And apparently just stepping out and going for a walk will fix it quite a bit. So, yeah, Walking works wonders. According to... Um, some people at the gym I used to go back in my, when I lived in another state, uh, walking can sometimes be more beneficial than actually running. I can see that. Honestly, uh, walking, I enjoy walking more so than running for, I, I think for obvious, uh, you know, primitive reasons, mm -hmm. uh, especially given my size. But the only time I enjoyed running was when I had to. And there was a time in my life where I was prepping to join the army. Man, I needed to lose weight. I needed to follow or be able to complete like certain things. Like, uh, I think the big thing was you had to complete two miles in sixteen minutes, which is uh, I was about to do two kilometers, two uh, miles, which is one point six, I believe. So, mm. like two point three, two point four kilometers in under sixteen minutes, which isn't impossible, but you know that means you have to do a, quite a bit of running. And the oh, thing is, yeah. like, in the army, they don't want you power walking. They want to see you at least doing a light jog or something. So if you're doing a light jog, you might as well make it a good jog. Yeah. I mean, I I actually had to do that when I did my stuff for the Navy. The exact same oh, thing. And, um, oh, shit. That, oh, that was strict. Um, I remember after it, um, they were like, you're not, you're not meant to be tired after this run. You're just, you're just meant to, like still like have a lot of energy and you're not meant to like go all out that was just it was hell i lost uh because i was in the same position i had to to join i had to lose weight i lost uh what was it 66 pounds to get into the navy holy shit good uh, work man oh it was it was t oh, i mean it, it's it awful was, yeah so yeah we, <laughs> it was tough like it feels it feels great when you're on that plateau but the climb up and the decline down, if you ever slip up, holy shit. Like, it is a fucking climb, man. And, and like, anyone that hasn't done, like, proper, like, exercise and stuff for a while, and, like, I was doing, I was seeing, like, personal trainers. I had, like, these, like, 
proper kind of like gym sessions after the first one or two. Yeah. I could hardly walk. It was hard. My yeah, like legs yeah. were giving out on my walk back home. <laughs> it was like it was hell. But then once you like get into it and like you start to like not be tired after it, oh, it felt so good. I mean, it even it felt good after like the first ones, even though I was dying. <laughs> oh, it was good times. One of the biggest things that made me very happy was when I was prepping up to join the army. I was doing I think either every day or every other day like maybe four to five times out of the week, essentially, I would go for a two-mile uh, run slash jog. And once you do it enough times after a couple of months of doing it, you actually kind of get used to it, and it doesn't feel like you're dying halfway through. It's mm. more you're tolerating it, and your muscles are cramping up, but you're used to this pain, you're familiar with it, it's just annoying as shit, you gotta keep moving. Yeah, I was, but I was when lucky. Um, why was, was where were we lucky? Because um, like by the time I decided that's what I wanted to do, I, I finished high school, so um, I had my week free. So on days where I didn't have anything, and I kind of like was like, oh, what should I do? I'll just go to the gym and just go there for an hour and a bit every like nearly every day. Nice. <laughs> and I, I'm pretty sure that helped. And then eventually. Um, with the gym, because the gym I go to, oh, went to, they're like they're small, and so everyone knows everyone really. Um, we'd all go do, um, go into like that have like when the marathons come. We wouldn't do the actual marathon. Well, some of us would do the marathons, but we'd do like maybe ten k run or whatever. And I got to do a few of those and got my medals from them. Ah, oh, so good. Some good fun. So, I uh, I have a question. Yes. How often do you, uh, forgive me, I believe that it's called the uh, fundamental attribution error. How often do you attribute your success and your uh, determination to luck? Hmm, probably very little. Because I okay, cause... don't know how much luck really played into getting where I, where I am. Oh, I think a lot of it was my own work. I'd like to think. Oh. I, I'm only bringing it up because you were saying I got lucky that I was able to do this. And I was like, well, no, it, you, you, you can't really call yourself lucky because you busted ass in an hour every fucking time you went to the gym. <laughs> yeah. And a, a, a lot of people do this. You know, they'll if they do something and they, you know, they win a game or something like that, you know, like League of Legends or something like that. It's like, oh, it was just a fluke. I got lucky. And when they lose... That's usually not luck. They usually have a reason to blame. Sometimes not themselves when it should have been. It wasn't, <laughs> yeah. oh, I, I got outplayed. It was like, no, my my support sucked. You know, they're AFKing too much and they need to learn how to play the game. Uninstall, please. Go touch grass. But uh, I, was, I, I hope you don't ever attribute some of the stuff that you do through your hard work through luck hockey. Because honestly, you work hard, dude. Maybe you've been uh, yeah. able to take it easy lately, but that doesn't mean anything gets attributed to luck. True. true. I feel oh, I feel like, yeah, if, like, if you keep saying for things that you've kind of achieved yourself, it was luck. I think it devalues the work you've put in. Like, for example, I can't say I was lucky that I'm going to be a father soon. I put in a lot, and then I put in a lot of work to <laughs> get to where I you know, went. I uh, came so far, <laughs> hockey. Pun intended. I, I, you know, I, I, I recently just learned exactly like what goes on in an erection from that anime, <laughs> the Cells at Work anime. 
they had an episode oh my God, about you... it. Wait, doesn't the anime have a bunch of like characters in the shape of like little children? The um oh yeah, so uh the the platelets are uh, like little kids. Oh. Okay, I was worried that it was the blood cells because when it comes to, you know, erections I don't want a description of how uh, an erection <laughs> is formed in anime with a bunch of little anime girls running around saying, we're going to fill you up or some nah, shit. The, the blood cells were like maybe like early 20 looking people. The sperm were kids. Um, what? Which I guess kind of makes sense because uh, it does, but it's still like eye popping. Like I- I'm side eyeing this anime <laughs> now. Like, um, uh, okay. Because it was showing like. The, I can't remember the exact names of the thing that kind of like nurtures them to become like the fully firm sperm. So they're like they're shown as babies getting nurtured. Yeah, well, the thing that there's something in the testes. Um, I can't remember what it is that actually helps them grow. Um, and it, it's described in this hent. I mean, anime. Yeah, it was like yeah, it was like a nursery. So they had like the like nurses attending to the baby kind of sperms, and then then eventually the sperms are kind of in like a like this waterway kind of getting ready to get shot out to find the over <laughs> shadow is definitely a verb i would use in that situation <laughs> yes it was i think it's i think it's pretty well done um it showed um because this was this is this was from the spin-off series called a uh, cells work code black which is the same premise as the original one but it's they're inside a body of someone that doesn't take care of themselves so it oh, showed shit. what happened so during the erectile like dysfunction. Like fucking Osmosis Jones or some shit? Yeah. yeah. So the, the episode was bit like about erectile dysfunction, showing what happens. So it was, it was interesting. Then it showed like um, what the Viagra actually did and stuff. It was, hmm. it was, it was, it's, a good, it's a good series. You learn quite a lot. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. I uh, and, discovered uh, yeah. just this weekend that uh, blue balls is actually a medical condition. Ooh, like oh, I it's that. a real medical condition that can happen. I would not want that. Oh, okay. I I know how to sell this. At least the code black spinoff to you. all the white blood cells oh. are big titty women with samurai swords. I have. I don't know how many people will ever listen to this podcast, but for legal reasons, I'm not going to re- respond to that. <laughs> I have nothing to say about that. Like, who needs the big titty goth girls? We've got p- big titty white blood cell girls. Honestly, like, no opinion whatsoever. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's. I it's can't good. say anything to that! <laughs> it's just. Uh, and. Um, uh, there was another one <laughs> uh, episode where they were talking about um, alcohol and had the red blood cells going to the liver to detox, and the liver's like kind of like a red light district kind of looking thing and they went to a hostess oh club to uh detox oh god and um <laughs> the the enzymes that helped them detox or the cells that helped them detox were like you know like hostesses and stuff oh yeah it was oh, yeah. It, was, it was good all <laughs> right i'm in i get it i'll i'll watch the damn anime jesus you're gonna watch, show me watch, a porn b- watch both of it? them what uh yeah i can oh. get it. um i think they're all in crunchyroll let me get a link up. I was gonna say, I hope it's not on Pornhub, but this doesn't sound like something that's gonna be on, like, you know, I guess Hulu has done some uh, crazy fucked up stuff. <laughs> I mean, we see uh, Rick and Morty on it, so I, I could see it possibly be there. But I mean, it, it's it sounds bad, but it's it's, it's well done. It's like okay, let's get, I need to open both because there's two different series. 
Um, let me copy that. Discord. And live on the this uh, recording, I am going to get my first uh, recommended Sal's at Work Code Black out on Crunchyroll. So that's a spin-off about the the party that doesn't take care of themselves, and Sal's at Work is the original. Wait, which one's... So Sal's at Work is the original, and Code Black is like the season two? Uh, oh, no. Code Black is a complete spin-off. Um, so, yeah, Sal's at Work has two uh, seasons on it. And then Southern uh, Work Code Black just came out this year, um, which is about uh, like just the cells in a body that doesn't take care of themselves. And then cells at work is in like a healthy body. Okay. So they kind of focus on different things. Good deal. I'll take that one to the uh, the records. Hopefully, uh, next time I get like a day off or something, I'll take a look at it. Or not, maybe not a day off, but you know, a day where I'm passenger. I love binging shit, dude. Like. <laughs> Like like I said, with uh, Invincible, watched it in one night. Oh, so good! Eight forty-five minute episodes. Oh, forty-five minutes. That, that yeah, they're. I thought it'd be yeah, like the, twenty thirty, like a no. We're talking big mama episodes. They're good, Ooh, man. Okay, that's yeah, that's big, me. juicy, throbbing episodes, my man. <laughs> From what I've heard, it's kind of like, like, um, like similar to kind of like the boys kind of that kind of the way I they mean, the boys is uh, a, a real live action style but uh in terms of like story definitely it has it, it can easily come with that vibes where it's like superheroes isn't all that it seems there's a lot of drama that happens behind mm. the scenes and not all superheroes are good necessarily you know yeah, they like a some of them are self-serving yeah like a quote-unquote more realistic show of superheroes that's always what I thought the boys was like. It was kind of, it was more like how it would actually be like. Right, and like today's day and age, without the uh, very conservative view of DC. And by the way, Batman eats pussy all day, every day. Uh, fuck you, DC. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Anyways, uh, Batman eats pussy, DC. Fuck you. Yeah, you just heard it a second time. Anyways, without the conservative viewpoint of uh, DC trying to like give control to everything. Uh, now everything is as nice and happy and, you know, people are just struggling, but they got good natured you know, versions of, the, of themselves. And there's a lot of comic books out, out that show, like, what if, what if this guy just says fucking and just turns bad? Like, there's so mm. many different versions of fucking, like, Captain America, uh, Superman, you know, the likes, like, when's if they, you know, when's if they're evil, you know, just like, Maybe they'll give a plot device. They'll make it feel like you know they weren't. They're having a bad day. They spilt their chocolate milk. Today's the day I go evil. Yes. No, they usually have a good reason for it to change. But yeah, I, I do like that. It's a lot of gray area when it comes to stuff like The Boys or Invincible. So good comparison. Yeah. I like and that hockey. Just, I just love Carl Urban in The Boys or oh, the Aussie right there. Aussie representation. Nice. Fucking killing it. Ugh, I need to watch the boys again. Rewatch it. <sighs> Alright, hockey. Well, uh that was us talking for over an hour just bullshitting. We uh we discussed cool shows, uh erections, uh fuck EA, uh Batman Eats uh Pussy. Anime I think Gun we Girls. Covered all the bases. Anime gun girls, uh big tenny ladies who I will not uh give a <laughs> uh thumbs up for or anything like that. But yeah. 
Hockey, where can we find you on Twitter? Since this is just us bullshitting, but we should probably get you on the map still. <laughs> uh, it's just uh, Hockey115. That is my Twitter handle. Oh, Twitter. Yeah, Twitter. No, no, it's not. My Twitter handle is Hockey1151. My Twitch is Hockey115. <laughs> so, quick question. What's the 115? Is that your birthday or? Oh, uh, I think when I made my. Uh, is that how many centimeters your dick is, you big dong <laughs> bastard, you? Um, no, it's, it's it's a it's a Call of Duty reference um, to uh, really? like the I think t- to the whole like zombie kind of story thing, the gas and stuff. It's one on five was I think the element or something used in it. I just I was just a fan at the time, so I just put it there. That's fine. Uh, I when I first made a uh, character, I think on RuneScape, I called them Tycho Two Thousand. I think it was still like 1998. I just wanted to sound cool and futuristic. How the times have changed. <laughs> uh, so, Hockey1151 one on Twitter. Hockey115 on Twitch. And you can find me basically anywhere you want. Just, you know, Google search for two times Tyler. All letters, one word. So yeah, uh, that, was, that was Taylor. This is Tyler. We were bullshitting. And mm-hmm. hopefully you enjoyed some wild nonsense that just happened there. <laughs> but... Thank you guys for listening. Uh, I was about to say go fuck yourself, but I want you to appreciate yourself. Uh, Go fuck each other uh, or find someone to fuck and uh, learn how that happens with cells at work. And uh, you guys have yourselves a great day. Bye. The intro to the podcast, titled Casual Master Quest, was paid for and produced by the wonderful talent Revelry's Music. You can find more of their work at soundcloud.com forward slash Revelry's Music, or just click on the link in the show descriptions. The background music is the album Top 50 Best Classical Piano Music by Brilliant Classics. You can find out more about Creative Commons at www.creativecommons.org forward slash license forward slash buy forward slash 4.0.